Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. I feel like I've been breaking out. Like right here is like really deep. What is it called? Pounder Undergrounder where it just like you Ew, can't see. Uh, that's not a term. You've never heard of that? No. I got introduced to that by Amber. She calls them a Pounder Undergrounder because they're like deep in there. And it's you called can't. cystic acne. I guess, but I ain't got acne, girl. My skin but is But that's where you think flawless. you broke out? Well, no, I, I know I did. Look. Oh, I'm just saying like in comparison to all the other places, that's like not that much. <laughs> this morning I had like a whole bunch of little white heads on my chin. From what? I have no clue. That's but in weird. the summer I put on more sunscreen. Mm. And so I think Clogs it's just... your pores. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm Brian. I'm Unclogged Pores. <laughs> and you're <laughs> listening to... Fruit I feel like our summer has been really popping. So like doing this podcast always feels like an afterthought. Yeah. But I hope that these episodes aren't feeling like an afterthought. <laughs> Which, by the way, happy birthday the Thank other day. You. Thanks. I'm 31. 31. I had so much fun paddleboarding, you guys. Tune in this week. Or no, last week we put like a little video yeah. out on our IGTV of that day. But I had so much fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm happy we were able to do that considering our state is closing down again. Yeah, I know. But, but that was still like social distancing. We're on our own little six feet away. Totally. Thing. Well, that's why I'm saying like I'm happy we could still do something like that. Yeah. Because um, it was that or like hiking. And I went hiking recently with Chikara and I'm like that was enough for, me for a while. <laughs> It was like fun, but I that's just not my my style. That's not your tea, your yeah. gig. Well, I loved kayaking because we like hopped in the water and went yeah. swimming, and I jumped off a like twenty five foot bridge. Girl, that was like <laughs> honestly like five foot bridge. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. And you didn't jump; you fell into the I water. I was like woozy. I was so high. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> what do you have for us this week? Um. Well, I'm just gonna jump right into the headlines that I woke up to today on Twitter. And uh, this article is from U.S. News, but you can find this news anywhere. Um, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg says she has cancer again. So the Associated, uh, sorry, the Associate Supreme Court Justice announced on Friday that she is undergoing chemotherapy for a reoccurrence of liver cancer, but that she intends to continue her work on the court. To which some of the first comments were, Absolutely insane that an 87-year-old woman's absolute refusal to give up is the single thing that stands between the Republican Party and millions of people being stripped of their basic human rights. Hashtag RGB. RBG forever. And I agree with that. Um, she, I feel like so many people are like so scared of her stepping down. Uh-huh. Um, because that means that Trump gets to appoint yet another justice. Because I think he's he's appointed, what, two now? I know he Kavanaugh is one. Yeah, but there was there was an open seat at the end of Obama's like last year as president, mm. and the, I believe Mitch McConnell or the Senate like would not allow him to appoint somebody. They're like, "You're on your way out." Yeah. Um. So I believe he appointed somebody like right when he became president. Jeez, I know. I I it's like crazy how many things become political in this country. Yeah. Like. So many things. And realistically, like, yes, as a Supreme Court justice, like, it should be based on law. But you cannot detach yourself and your judgment from your life experience. And if your life experience is guided by one way or another, that yeah. clearly is going to, like, affect the outcome of your decisions. But 
it's just annoying that like every decision in America in America is like political. Mm-hmm. I will say like the surprising thing in in the whole like Supreme Court situation is like we've had some equality wins from yeah. them recently, uh, and there are more conservatives on on the court than there are. Um, liberals if you will right um or non-conservatives but with that being said i just think uh, like we were talking about the other day it's crazy that this appointment is a lifetime appointment mm-hmm. so it would just suck if we like had another well it would suck uh, from our perspective if another like conservative was yet appointed to the court for life i don't even care what happens with that not that i don't care but i think my main stress is like a fair person whether they're conservative or more right. liberal or whatever like i just want them to have like a fair mindset yeah um granted she hasn't died yet no no, no. so that's not to say we're hoping for any of that change but yeah it's a real thing and it's crazy because i feel like she's one of those like american greats that you're like keep staying alive mm-hmm. kind of like i feel like people feel that way about like betty white yeah you know yeah. where it's like please yeah. don't die on us <laughs> um but yeah she's ch- definitely changed a lot of people's lives yeah and over the hi- course of history like she's had so many prominent moments yeah um i'll get into my second one because i feel like yours is like a light light ending i don't know what it is but um no and- mine's actually really serious so don't even try to oh, downplay my um, my facts <laughs> Yours is like a write-off. Like people can like tune out at that point. <laughs> um, so in terms of like social justice, this free Britney movement has me like so enthralled. Because you're still on that conspiracy theory grind. Yeah. <laughs> um, for anybody who doesn't know, there's there have been like so many um, explanations as to what the free Britney movement is coming out recently. Mm-hmm. And I find it like really intriguing because I don't know if I've ever said it on this podcast, but I have said just in general conversation, like almost playing into what she has become as a product makes me sad looking back at who she was as Mm -hmm. an artist, like Mm -hmm. back when we were younger, I like idolized her so much. And I remember watching her Onyx Hotel tour on HBO when I was a kid and I was like, I want to be a concert dancer. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's what I said in my head. Like, I want to be a concert dancer because that looks like the best time in the whole world. Yeah. And just looking. And then, like, later, um, I believe first or second year of college, I paid, like, $300 for really good seats to go see her in her circus tour. And I told myself I would never pay to see Britney Spears again. Because it was that bad? It was that bad. In my head, I was able to justify the price of the ticket because I knew that I was also paying for the dancers. And I was like, they were great. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone goes to see Britney Spears to see Britney Spears be good. I get. Well, at that time, it was like her big comeback with Circus because she had like disappeared off the scene and like went through her whole like meltdown and stuff. And I I think I was excited to like see at least part of her. The resurgence of Britney Spears. Yeah. And it just was like so lackluster. Yeah. but even watching videos of her Vegas residency, I can understand how like being drunk and like dancing to Britney Spears music with Britney Spears in the room could be like so much fun. But again, it's like almost a reminder of how I hate to say like bad she's become because that sounds like I'm trying to be offensive and I'm not. But she has like lost so much. And this whole free Britney movement kind of reflects on the, the facts that or the fact that like she's not bad because she's a bad performer now. It's like, she's probably so heavily medicated that there's not much happening behind the eyes. Well, I mean like 
with all that said, we don't know if she's medicated right. or there's not. No, there's yeah, like there's no speculation. But I. But again, I, conspiracy theory. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's probably safe to say because it's not an, like a normal interaction of a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, I just feel bad for her because ultimately she was used as a product for capitalism. Yeah. And then now that like the industry has got what they wanted out of her, they kind of spit her out. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, how Britney is, I can kind of go back to like how the military is too, where mm-hmm. they take these young men just like Britney and have them do this job for American gain, whether it's like a political thing, like a military would be like by force or a soft power thing, like um, influence like Britney Spears has, yeah. you know, like she had so such influence on the world because her music is so current even till today and a lot of the things that she's done throughout our childhood has still stood the test of time Uh and when we come on the other side of that like when these people in the military come out of wars or when britney is done with her career or whatever there's not that secondary let me help you thank you for doing what you Uh did for our country it's like you get ostracized right like all these people who are in the vietnam and war and stuff that are now homeless and crazy on the streets Mm -hmm. people are like oh my god you're psycho and it becomes like an um, like they're ostracized or like put on right. display of like, look how crazy right. this person is when really both of these people have done so much for our lives, whether that is actually fought for our freedoms or um, in Britney's case, gave us our childhood or our nostalgia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what I don't appreciate is like people, and I'm just going to go back to the Britney thing. Like the military thing is all aside, you know, like uh-huh. a whole other problem of mental health and stuff. But with Britney, like when people look at her videos, I feel bad because like, She's posting things that I think she actually enjoys because of, like, where her mental state is. It seems like she's trying to do stuff that's quote-unquote normal in her head. Right. But then people are like, oh, my God, she's weird. And it's not like it's it's weird, I need to help her. It's like, weird, look at this. This is so funny. She's a mess. Uh-huh. And, like, it becomes, like, a, a memeable joke. And Right. I always feel – excuse me. I feel bad for that because, like, to me, that's someone screaming for help even though it's not a uh, active scream, right? Mm-hmm. She's not like, please help me. But I'm like – No. You could tell that, like – they're doing th- it's almost like when like people are in a depression and then like they, get, they make a status that's so vague uh-huh. but people are like Ugh, i don't want to deal with it yeah. but yeah. then they're really asking for someone to help but they don't realize they're doing it that's totally. how i feel like britney spears is right now and it's it's just sad mm-hmm. um like i don't find the joy that people do when they send those videos around to like laugh about it like oh my god she's crazy when right. i see it it literally like breaks my heart and again that's not me being like she that's not the Britney I know or whatever. Like it's not me trying to like stand up for someone as a fan, mm-hmm. even though I am a fan of Britney, it's more of like a human thing where I'm like, no, like she's not okay. Yeah. You know? And I feel like it's really bad in the gay world. Cause they're like, yes, queen, you better go off. Yeah. And they're not doing it in like a, I'm actually supporting you way, even though they, they are, but mm-hmm. it's like, do you know what I'm saying? It's kind of slighted where it's filling. It's like self-fulfilling yeah. for them. It's like, I'm getting something that like what you were saying with the industry, like they're benefiting from like having a great night. Yeah. But at the end of the day, she's just like showing up to another show uh-huh. because she's told to. Exactly. And like, you, we forget because like, she's so, um, monetized is that the correct word of like almost like a product that we yeah. forget that that's a human life uh-huh. um and she's like an actual person so when and i like i don't even want to venture into her comments on these videos and stuff because yeah. i don't want people to say the meanest shit you yeah. know because it sounds so cliche but we don't know what's going on in her life but that's sort of the crazy thing with this free britney movement and that's why i find it so interesting is 
I feel like people are trying to help. Like people are becoming these like private investigators and like <laughs> trying to help Britney Spears. Um, uh, just to give like the most blatant example that everybody has seen. Somebody commented on one of her recent videos and was like, wear a yellow shirt if you need help. And in her very next post, she wore a yellow shirt and in the the caption of the photo wrote like, oh, I just wanted to wear my favorite yellow shirt today or, you know, something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but I think that all the, and then everybody's like, oh my God, she wore a yellow shirt. Like mm-hmm. everyone's trying to jump in and be like, we need to help her. And like, there's a petition being signed online right now um, to help free Britney of her conservative, that the whole thing is like free Britney of her conservatorship, which she's been in for 12 years. And going back to the whole like industry using her. Before you go on though, can you uh, just explain that conservatorship? Yeah. So uh, back when Britney had her meltdown um, and the world sort of watched the demise of Britney Spears, uh, her dad petitioned for what was supposed to be a temporary conservative conservatorship where he could make and still does um every single decision in her life from driving her car Mm -hmm. to running errands it's almost like stepping in to be a parent again to an adult yeah Um, Uh, in in essence and rendering her helpless of making any responsible actions for herself um but that was 12 years ago, and I, I I do think that at that point, she needed somebody to step in to take care of her. Um, but it's been 12 years now, and she's mm-hmm. been on, like, she's been on tours. She's done Vegas residencies. She's come out with perfumes and music videos and albums, and it's like, how is she capable of doing all of that but not capable of, like, going to Starbucks on her own? Right. Um, and that, you know, going back to, like, the, the industry sort of, like, spitting her back out, mm-hmm. it's almost like they're willing to take her back in as long as she's making them hundreds of millions of dollars, 100%. which she still can. Like, all she has to do is put out a shitty album and, like, have another Vegas residency, whether it's good or not, and right. people will show up and right. pay the money for it. Um, and I think that's what's so sad is, like, it, it like what you were saying, she's just this product that people are willing to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... I I would hope like if she were able to uh, almost like take reins of her life again or was enabled to have the resources to take the reins of her life again. Um, I don't know. Maybe we would see like a more normal version. All of that's like speculation, obviously, but right. It's sad because it is this like um, encapsulating moment of watching a human being like uh, go, go void right behind the eyes. Like there's just, but I, I mean, like, honestly, that's, like, American pop culture. Yeah. Like, for us to, like, take a young, impressionable girl who, like, has that virgin quality and then change her into some wild animal and then, like, watch her downfall. It's almost like yeah. playing The Sims and taking away all the restrooms and um, doors <laughs> in The Sim house to watch your thing? Sim fucking pee on the floor. Yeah, girl. I never played The Sims. Maybe it's like a human instinct inside <laughs> of us to do that, but I feel like that's a very but common thing. But I think thing. we love a comeback story. But we also love a downfall even more we, than a comeback We do, story. but, like, I think we also then like to root for people and be like, look what she's done. And it's like, but we did that to her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I have no fix for any of these answers. No, I know. Or questions, but it's just, like, as an observer of pop culture, it's kind of sad to see yeah. these things repeated over and over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Free Britney, I guess. Free Britney. All right. On to your throwaway. So this is, like, really, 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 really big news, okay? Um, As I was scrolling through the internet, um, Taco Bell is canceling a lot of their menu (gasps) items. Like what? They already got rid of the double-decker, and I'm living. Why are you all interested now? I thought this was throwaway (laughs) news, Because I love Taco Bell. (laughs) 
So I'm just going to go down the list of things. And oh the, the most important item I'm going to save for the last. Okay. These I think are just I know a, what it is. These are a few things that they're getting rid of. Okay. Um, mind you, a lot of things I'm naming I've never even heard of or tried. So, like, okay. whatever. Uh, but I guess people are having um, an uproar on the interwebs about it. Mm. So, quesaritos are gone, are going to be gone. Uh, loaded grillers, triple layer nachos, beef Frito <laughs> burritos, <laughs> spicy tostadas, seven layer burritos. But most importantly, all potato items are getting taken off the menu. What did you eat that was potato-based? Cheesy Fiesta potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> are those just like potatoes with nacho cheese on them? Yes. <laughs> it's like nachos, but with like potatoes instead of... <laughs> like it's almost like a fry, you know? But they're like <laughs> potatoes with cheese and um, sour cream and chives. I hate sour cream, but for whatever reason, this fucking concoction is a bop. But not only that, like what I loved... Was their beefy potato burrito? Interesting. Anything with fries in it, I'm down. Yeah, you you love that. I love. See, I always take fries and, and rice out of my my Mexican food. See, no, it takes up like, too much space. The only time I actually like having a breakfast burrito is with potatoes. Mm. The only time I like actually eating a burrito is with potatoes. <laughs> when it's a California style burrito, like we had right. the other day, French fries, like you had the other day. Potatoes are where it's at. Potatoes and Mexican food, that's a fucking bop, bitch. Okay? Taco Bell, why you got to do me dirty like that? <laughs> but I will say Del Taco. If you're going to go to Del Taco, and I always recommend this to people, like, they had that. And I'm like, yes, try it. And every time someone tries it, they're like, oh, my God, these are good. Cheesy potato um, jalapeno poppers from Del Taco. How does that work? It's just like <laughs> deep fried mashed potatoes in like cone shapes that are breaded. Okay. <laughs> and it's like with jalapenos and cheese inside. Interesting. No, they're amazing. But I'm, I'm, I say I'm sad. I'm not even sad because I don't even go to Taco Bell that often. And when I do, I like usually get nachos. I was thinking you were going to say either like the spicy or like fiery Dorito taco. Loco taco. I think they already got rid of that actually. Did they? I want to say yes, because oh. every time I've went back to get it, they, they said they Interesting. didn't have it. Or I thought you were going to say a chalupa. Don't you get chalupas? I get chalupas. Okay. I thought you were going to say one of those two. Um, what is your go-to order at Taco Bell? Well, so I was actually going to touch on the fact that a while back, they actually got rid of the um, double-decker, mm -hmm. which I loved. And it was basically just like a soft-shell taco refried beans and then a hard shell taco with like regular like uh taco meat uh -huh. lettuce cheese sour cream tomatoes i think that was it but what makes me what drives me nuts about that item being taken off is you already have all those items or there. ingredients there it's not like the potato items like they have to send potatoes out 100 all of those items for the double decker already exist at taco bell 100 and they can't like put it into the register so they won't make it um, but I would normally get like a double deck. Everything is Supreme, by the way, at Taco Bell, because I love sour cream. Um, Oof. a double decker Supreme, a burrito Supreme, which is their like ground beef, bean, mm -hmm. whatever, basic burrito. Um, and then I love their, uh, nacho cheese Dorito Loco Taco mm. Supreme. The favorite thing I used to have is the fiery volcano nachos. But they got mm. rid of that. Everything they, that's spicy, they get rid of. Because, like, Taco Bell's white culture and your yeah, sour cream asses hate spice. They're yeah. like, is there black pepper in this? Because I, I feel it's a little spicy. <laughs> <laughs> but I love their fiery whatevers. Okay, so fiery okay. Dorito Locos Taco, fiery nachos. Um, I'll fuck with the chalupa. Um, but I don't like the sour cream in it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to get The chalupas now. are, like, fried, right? Yeah, it's like a fried shell. Yeah, I think that's why I can't do it. It's, like, almost, it's almost, like 
funnel cakey. But two, well, three things. One I really like about Taco Bell before we end is that they have Pepsi products and you don't get that anywhere. So I love that they give you Pepsi. Everybody has Coke? Typically. Interesting. And I am not a big Pepsi drinker, but for whatever reason, it tastes so good with Taco Bell. Um, Two, their Cinnabon Bites are so fire. But they are. Careful eating those because they will fuck your tongue up because they just ooze hot fucking frosting. Yeah. And then three... I learned on TikTok. I yeah, I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> that the cinnamon twists are just deep fried spiral noodles, pasta, <laughs> dried pasta that they deep fry. So America. and then shake in a bag of cinnamon sugar. Um, also, really quickly before we get off of hot topics, uh-huh. um, I say hot topics like I'm on the View. Um, Chikara literally just texted me, and I'm not opening it, but it says he sent me a link, and it says website. Uh, Britney Spears not being held hostage by conservator despite hashtag free Britney protest reported by TMZ. See, so we are credible sources here at this podcast. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking Everything news. we just said is bullshit. Shane has lived his 31st year of life. Mm-hmm. He wanted to take this episode to be inspired by what we're going to talk about now. So do you want to explain to the listeners kind of what we got for them today? Yeah. So um, I think you all know by now I'm sort of obsessed with Broad City. Um, and in season two, episode 10, it's their like season two finale. They celebrate one of the main characters birthdays in St. Mark's in New York City, which is just this very, like, eclectic, hipstery kind of area, if you will. All details we don't need to know, but continue. Yes. You need to know that. Hurry up. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> I know we don't, bitch. You <laughs> love to give shit. But in the, people the, don't care about people be tuning out. They're everybody like, oh, cares. Shane, hurry the fuck up. Because, guys, I feel you. Okay? I'm sitting here. Says in, Taco Bell breaking I'm, news. I'm sitting here live doing this. And I'm like, ugh, what am I going to eat later? Okay? Maybe I should go to Taco Bell. Okay. I'm like zoning, zoning out. Okay. Let's get to the gush. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so in the episode, they um, they reflect back on this character's birthday. And the two questions that they ask are, what have you done this past year that you're proud of? And then what are you going to do this upcoming year? Great. Yeah. So with that said, we thought that would be a fun little topic to talk about. Um, you know me and my fucking ass. I love a little bit of reflection and internal dialogue. Mm. So I thought, yes, let's do it. Um, what we did was try to set a standard as to like how many things we should talk about within each question. We're only going to ask the two questions, but I think you have like five things you wanted to talk about. And then some are quick, some are, I I thought we were shooting for three. So I shot three and three. Um, but as you guys are listening, what I love about these conversations is like kind of think about what you would answer because I feel like that's when it becomes fun. Yeah. Whatever. So do you want to go first? Should we switch back and forth? Yeah, yeah we'll just okay. jump back and okay. forth. So the first question again, uh, what have you done this past year that you're proud of? Do me go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I'll say like the first one that I guess can run kind of deep, but like not that we have to talk about it deeply, um, is that I've reconnected with relationships mm-hmm. that I felt like I had lost. Um, and I had let go of relationships that I realized I don't need to hold on to mm. for any sort of benefit. Which I think used to be really hard for me. I feel like that's like a kind of like a coming of age kind of thing. Totally. Because I think at a certain point when you're young for whatever reason, you think you need so many friends because that's like the meaning of life when really you just need good friends. And as you grow up, you realize, oh, I was investing time in things that I did not need. Yeah. 
But I, yeah, and I think that as we get older, those decisions are so much clearer and easier to make. For sure. um, Without hesitation. So uh, there are relationships where I'm like, uh, I've sort of like lost this person in my life, but I I need, I am okay with that um, because there hasn't been any like determining qualities that I'm missing. Right. So to speak. And some relationships that I feel like I really wish hadn't been lost, but I think in coming of age, I've learned how to like move on. And sometimes mm-hmm. I cry on the, uh, the podcast <laughs> about it, but, but I also like still pick up and carry on as to where like before I think I would have dwelled in a much darker place about sure. that. I think with that, like uh, with friendships and like coming in and out of my life, I, I feel like the way I categorize it is like everything's there for a season. Mm. And the season, season might have needed that friend in your life. Yeah. But I also think that as we're younger, like the way you think of friends is like, oh, do I have fun with this person? I do. So they're my good friend. Mm-hmm. Rather than be like, well, what does this person actually do for me to make yeah. me feel like I have like, sh- like, can I count on this person? Are they loyal? You know? Yeah. Can I rely on them? Stuff like that. And I feel like at least in my life, those are the friends that have stuck around and have still now in my later life been my rocks. For sure. My rocks, my rocks. Um, for me, the first thing that I would say, reflecting back on this last year, um, and when we say last year, we mean from July to previous July, right? Yeah. Okay. From your birthday to a birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, this this idea of therapy and self-growth, mm-hmm. um, because like me, I was never skeptical of therapy in the sense that I didn't need it. I think everyone needs therapy, and I knew that going into signing up for therapy, but um, I was still skeptical in the sense of like, do I think it's actually going to help? It almost, I almost felt like I knew better. Right. Right, right. Um, Which I still feel like I, I feel that way in my life. But I also think that through that there's still, which is going to be my second point, but I realized that growth is needed in any capacity of the word. Like I, I feel like with my, with how I see myself internally, I am ahead of a lot of people. So that's why I thought like, Oh, I don't need therapy because I always feel like I'm already a step ahead of what therapy would bring. But then, therapy really was the catalyst to shoot me in the direction of even more and that kind of became the theme of my life especially now going into my 30s of expansion mm-hmm. and I actually have a really funny story about this when we were um at the coaches training um we were playing some random game i did i talk about this i don't think so about strangers no okay well this game talked about strangers and there's like three tiers of questions and you're supposed to play with people you don't really know and the first question is just like very broad of like what's your favorite color and then you answer it and give that card to someone else that you Mm. want to find out the answer then the second one would be something like um a little bit deeper and i'm making this up this isn't really how it is but it's like if your life was a book what is the what is your current chapter's title Mm. right and then the last one's like why do you think we were supposed to meet that so it's like it goes in depth right and um it it really makes you reflect kind of like what we're doing now and the the question that was my question of like if this was your chapter of life what would be the title Mm -hmm. and i said expand and they're like well why is that and i started talking and i lost my shit bitch (laughs) i was like ugly crying where i was like trying to speak but i was like i just (laughs) i couldn't get words out there was like that lump in my throat um but it was very cathartic Hmm. Did yeah. anybody else cry with you? Oh, we were fucking blubbering <laughs> messes. It was like one of the best experience ever because I think in those moments where you're like being vulnerable, which doesn't happen often, you're like letting people in and you just find respect for each other more than you did yeah. before. Yeah, it was great. So the idea of expansion and finding therapy and wanting to expand my mind and my my um, world has definitely been very positive in the past year. All right. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to give you two because they kind of coincide. That's fine. The first is I moved my life back across the country, mm-hmm. which is so crazy because to me, like it, I think it's stressful in the moment, but it's not that difficult. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just because I don't have like, or at the time I didn't have a ton of belongings. And so it was easy to just, just sort of like pack my bags and move. But um, I had to like buy a car and, you know, luckily like my space here worked out, but thinking of like finding a place to live and then buying furniture and like doing all this stuff. And then during a pandemic, um, which like almost sort of worked to my benefit. Um, yeah, I just, I know so many people who have, and I think I've mentioned this before, who have reached out and been like, I wish I could do something like that. And I'm like, you can do mm-hmm. it, you know? And people are always like, I have bills, I have this, I have that. And I'm like, you're going to have that anywhere you go. So sure. just make the decision of like where you want to be doing that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, <laughs> I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast yet. We've talked about options, but um, I quit my job after considering all my options. Yeah. Um, so I moved across the country with my job and then quit my job. You love doing some dumb shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> It's exciting. <laughs> what for? I don't know if we've talked about it either, but what Shane's referring to is that he's quitting flying. Yeah. Could you say what you work for now? No. Because <laughs> like I still have like a week and a half to rescind that offer. Just in case, <laughs> so you like in case I go it. back, yeah. Um, um. Well, the thing with that, like, how do you feel about that? First off, I feel good. I keep reevaluating my options, and I keep coming back to the same conclusion. Yeah. Um. So I don't. And I had over a month to consider that option before like submitting and saying, mm-hmm. yes, I want to do it. And I waited until like the day it was due to submit because I wanted to make sure I was like using every last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now, like having these two weeks to like really sit and consider it, I'm still like, no, I, I'm still happy that I made this decision. Right. Um, and I still come back to, I would still sign up to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy because I feel like, including with you, I've had so many conversations like this with friends, whether it's flight attendant friends or any friends, because obviously this is a really turbulent time for a lot of people. Because no some, pun intended. Sometimes people like, <laughs> sometimes um, like a lot of the people that I have in my life, our jobs are kind of like up in the air right now. Mm-hmm. And then what people are doing. Oh, Cut it out. All these times, turbulent <laughs> up in the air. So I want us to soar high. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but like, honestly, I, I feel like a lot of people have come to me as like an uh, unofficial life coach, which is like mm. what I'm trying to do. <laughs> um, and they've been asking me like, what should they do with their lives? And I feel like everyone has the kind of the same realization that am I actually living a life that I want to? And because mm-hmm. you're forced to step back from your current job and see what it's like without it. And people are actually enjoying their lives now, not having to go to work. And then the end of a pandemic, you think, oh, I can go to work. That should be exciting. And people are like having anxiety about going back to work. It like it's a good reminder that like, OK, maybe I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you mentioned about like moving across the the, the U.S., to a different place and people are always like, oh my God, I wish I could do that. That's the thing. It's like the anxiety is what holds you back, which is completely understandable. Yeah. I have the same fears too. But the the crazy thing is like having been in that situation so many times, you don't know how strong you are until strength is your only mm-hmm. option and you will make it work, yeah. you know? And if you really think about the worst case scenario of like, okay, what happens if you didn't find a job, you have no place to live, da, 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 you will still find answers. Yeah. And you like, yes, you'd in your current mind now, you wouldn't have those thoughts, but like, you're like, oh, wait, actually, I do. Right. I can, I can be resourceful, you know? Yeah. Um, I just think of it in, like, the sense of, like, life coaching, right? Where I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I work at Disney. I fly. I help at the gym. But all of these things kind of combined are kind of, like, up in the air. 
And then my dad calls me to be like, oh, like, son, can you help me with this and that? And then I'm like, oh, maybe I should do life coaching. And then this kind of has been a snowball in that direction. Mm -hmm. And I would have not thought of this a year ago. But now that I'm in it, I'm like, oh, this all makes sense. But again, me thinking what I would do in the future, it's hard to like see it because so many things change that like things come up that you didn't even know were options Mm -hmm. until you put yourself in those situations. Yeah. And that's why I think, again, going back to what I was saying, like that idea of expansion is so create like so beneficial when you lean into it because you right. really have all these opportunities yeah um and i just want to read this like this thing that i posted up on my instagram story quickly because i feel like it kind of encompasses those things that i'm proud of yeah uh this has been circulating on uh what i've seen on instagram but Uh, It says, no, but seriously, normalize finding love in your 40s, Mm. normalize discovering and chasing new dreams in your 30s, normalize finding yourself and your purpose in your 50s. Life doesn't end at 25. Let's stop acting like it does. Especially in our age. Like, I feel like our generation, when we hit our 30s, we think, oh, we should have had a house. We should have had a stable job. Mm -hmm. We should have started a family. But then you look at the people who have all those things and they're still just as lost or just as unhappy or happy. It could go both ways. But again, I think that people are happy in that life. They know that that's what they value in life, you know? And that for me, for sure, the past year in therapy, I figured out is like money is not what I chase Mm -hmm. as a goal. And why am I chasing money? Yeah. As long as I'm stable, that's success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For me, my second thing is um, admitting that I don't have all the answers and that's okay. Mm. Um, It kind of goes coincides with what you were saying. I think before I thought like stability meant having all these things Mm -hmm. and like knowing where I needed to go. And like once you graduate college with your degree, knowing the path that you have. But then when you like when i started releasing that pressure off myself of being like i don't need to know and if i don't know that's okay but enjoy what i have in this moment like as long as you're going towards that that gut instinct of happiness you'll figure it out mm-hmm. and i i think that's what we talk about with the fear of like not knowing and scared to like make those big drastic changes cuz you're like you think you need to know everything yeah and like you know, even like with kids, people are like, I don't want to have kids because I could never. But do you think anyone who had a kid was actually ready to have a kid? You right. know? Yeah. It's like, you. was I ready to buy a house when I bought it? No, but I figured it out. Was I ready to open another location for the gym? No, but I figured it out. I didn't know how to d- demo shit. I didn't yeah. know, you know, but like YouTube is fire. Awesome. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's like, yeah. I, get, I get the fear behind it, but. I I think in in American society and especially as a man like we are told that we need to know the answers and if we don't we have to like act like we do. Yeah. And even in like customer service on the plane a lot of the times people are like uh my I'm going to be late for my flight am I going to make it and I'm supposed to have the answers and I'm trying to like do like conflict resolution but I'm like actually I don't know. Now <laughs> like that's my favorite thing. They're like am I going to make it? I'm I am not sure but let me just lay out all the possible yeah, options scenarios. like when you land yeah. there if you don't make it go here da, da, da. but before I'd be like yeah you should be fine or you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm like it's okay not to have the answers but I forget that. And yeah. it's been like a little bit life has been a little less stressful cuz mm-hmm. when now I fuck up in life I'm like well I didn't know but now that I know cuz I learned from this mistake it's okay going forward. Yeah. I don't have to beat myself up about it. Yeah. Um but I, I, I guess it sounds simpler now that I say it in words. But like in the moment, of course, it's easy to be like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, My last three, I'm just going to list off because they're just kind of like easy going. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize I don't love camping. <laughs> I, made, <laughs> I made that decision when you and Jakara were planning your Zion trip. 
uh, I was like, no. And I think this kind of coincides with the coming of age and just being able to make decisions where I'm like, you know what? That would sound great for like a day to me, but I don't think that I would have fun going for four or five days. Like, and, and it's, a. I think beforehand I would have felt like I was missing out on something by not going and I would have like sucked it up so to speak and like gone yeah but I wouldn't have enjoyed it and I probably would have taken that anger out like on YouTube undeservedly so mm-hmm. um now it's just easier for me to be like I'd rather stay at home like I honestly sleep in think my that's huge because me and Chikara yeah. talked about it and we were like Shane would be fun to go but we also know that this is not your kind of trip and mm-hmm. we're like I we, we still should bring it up to Shane so that he can make yeah. that decision yeah but I think it's huge to know your limits because mm-hmm. I feel like that could have been very the reality of like you showing up and then being mad that it was a trip that you spent money on and not having fun yeah. but I'm like Yes, to all of that. Yeah. I, but I think that's huge. So I appreciate you as a friend acknowledging that. And I think it's like like a really grow, not yeah. growth, like you didn't know. But it, for sure. it's like a maturity thing for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I found or am finding still body positivity. Um, <clears throat> I feel like for so long in my life, I was like so cautious or conscientious of like working out and like everything I was putting into my body. Um and like if I like slipped up and ate something that I wanted more than like what I needed, I would like sit and dwell in that. And it was like sort of becoming really unhealthy um, out of fear of like gaining weight or like not fitting into a particular mold of mm-hmm. myself. And I feel like I've sort of like let that go. And I've like been getting thicker in some places I really like in some places that I'm like, oh, I don't know that I like this yet. Um, and it's been hard now because the gyms keep closing. So like. I don't mind putting on weight, but in a healthy way where I can like still work out and like Mm -hmm. do something with that Mm -hmm. weight. But it's sort of just been like weight sometimes. Um, But I'm like, I'm okay with it more Mm -hmm. so than like, you know, two, three years ago even. Um, So that's been exciting because I've been able to like eat more of what I want. Yeah. That's like so much to unpack too. Cause I feel like it is, it's a whole conversation, but I just wanted to like listen. But I mean like even with that said, it's like, I feel like a lot of times we like base our health off of aesthetic rather than Mm -hmm. actual function. Yeah. And if, instead of saying I, my goal weight is 110, if you're not 110, you're always feeling like you're failing Yeah. rather than being like, Oh, let me physically be able to run a mile and it be like Mm -hmm. not an issue or like under eight minutes or 10 minutes or 15. Yeah. That should be the goal as far as your fitness rather than, what you look like because if you can run a mile under eight minutes each person who can do that their body's going to be completely different Mm -hmm. but not one's better than the other and we forget that yeah yeah um and i've bottomed more regularly yay she's a verse queen yeah okay power verse you better go off okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah those are my last three oh yeah work um my last thing um these are all like way internally deep. I, I'm sorry if that is going too heavy, but um, did you just call me heavy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this timeline continuum of life, right? Um, I think what I used to do, and this is kind of like a part of my depression when I was depressed, is the things and emotions that I was feeling in those moments clearly made it feel like it was never ending. Mm. But then after you come out of it, you realize if you look at your entire life on a timeline, that that was probably like the smallest segment of your entire life, right? Like it was like a bad week or a bad instance or a bad month mm-hmm. or a bad time of like working during this this pandemic or whatever. When you look at it on the grand scheme of life, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. 
And yeah. like, yes, like those those moments might have been catalysts, right? Like for you, this pandemic is a catalyst for you to change direction. Change, yeah. But the pandemic itself was not the end all be all of your right. life. And I feel like when we're in these moments of like pain or hurt or whatever. It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. But then you got to remind yourself that in this moment, it is just a moment and let this moment be the moment, but then move on from this moment and let, let it not like perpetuate everything else after that. Mm-hmm. And that's as small as being like, I don't know, like not someone getting your order wrong at Starbucks, yeah. you know, it's like in that moment, it's frustrating. But like, if you carry that on, that's mm-hmm. now you're like, you're letting that your continue. burden. Yeah. Exactly. And so I feel like that's what I learned over the the past year or so. It's like on the grand scheme of events, it's just an event itself, but that event doesn't have to carry on. And it is super small compared to the magnitude of everything outside of it, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like is a good reminder and things that we tend to forget. And I feel like I've been learning that lesson a lot lately. Yeah. Um, a good friend of mine from New York has this tattooed on him and I know he got it from a Lumineer song, mm-hmm. but I believe it comes from something else, maybe b- biblical. Um, but, and I've shared it with other friends in, in like times of need. Um, but the quote is, Oh, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of that reminder that like, time is a continuum so like you will continue in time like the moment that you are overwhelmed will pass and you'll you'll like you know um you'll find the strength to Mm -hmm. like move through it Mm -hmm. um so yeah i like that and and, um this just comes up to mind too and i know we're gonna move on but it's weird because i've been thinking about my ego a lot and like myself Uh um as a like a person not myself you get what i'm saying yeah as a listener, you get what I'm saying too. Like I'm thinking of myself and my ego and it's weird because I was driving down the street and I saw someone on the side of the street um, in an accident and I saw a stretcher and I was like, if someone's dead inside of there, that person's world is changing. Mm-hmm. Everyone that is connected to that life is changing. Um, whether it's a dad, a mom, a brother, a friend, an uncle, a grandpa. Yeah. I was like, everyone who knows that person completely, is, their life is completely changing but then me as a passerby or going down the street who has no interaction with that person, it does not affect my life at all. Mm-hmm. And so then I think about it in my in that sense too of like my ego. It's like, why am I so important that yeah. I think my life is so important that like death is ama- like death is so extreme and all this stuff when I when realistically, I know this is gonna sound so morbid, but when I die, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? I mean, obviously it's gonna affect a lot of people because like everyone is in love with this podcast. <laughs> and if I die, like this podcast will completely be ruined and shit, you know? So like mm. with that, I get the magnitude yeah, of my death. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> but do you know what I mean? And yeah. having that thought kind of freaked me out in the in the sense the that the world like, still turns. Literally, and you. like yeah. nothing I do makes it, it, nothing I do really matters, you know? And, mm-hmm. it, and not in like a sad sense or a depressing sense, but it almost, I found strength in that moment of being like, if nothing matters, I really can do whatever the fuck I want. It's like a weight you can lift off of yeah. your own shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the whole time continuum thought I had. And like, this is just a moment. It's not the end of the world. And like all these protests and stuff, like obviously these moments are huge because it hopefully is a catalyst to change the future. But again, like these are just moments and, mm-hmm we all move on and it's just weird. It yeah. is so weird. And yeah. again, like our ego, we think our universe is the most important thing. Cause obviously that is us. And I think that's ingrained in us to survive. Right. Cause if we didn't care about our own lives, we wouldn't care to like eat, drink, stay yeah. safe, you know, have that sense of danger or whatever. But 
that that's going on a tangent but do you get what i'm saying yeah. like just that realization kind of was weird to me and mm. maybe we can have a whole episode about that later but we'll we'll end it there yeah um but okay. now switching gears to the other side mm-hmm. um what do you want to happen towards your future to reflect on where you're like yes i did it well the first one that i wrote and i think it's because it's the most pressing but like the most forefront of or in the most forefront of my mind is finding new careers mm. and i made that plural because uh, I think I've been so hung up in in my past on like finding this one outlet of being all encompassing and all fulfilling in terms of like passion and finances and like, uh, you know, everything. Um, And now again, in coming of age, I sort of realized or I have realized that I can use different, um, different careers, if you will, as different outlets for the different needs that I have in my life. So one could fulfill something more financially, one could fill something more passionately. And it would be great to find something that is more all-encompassing, but I think that there's less pressure in realizing that I I can use different outlets. Right. Um, It's like you want to be in an open relationship with your career. Yes. (laughs) Where it's not that one sole person to fulfill everything in your life as far as a career, but like they give you stability in every area. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, it's been really nice having conversations because obviously in telling people that I have quit my job, they're like, so what's next? And I'm, I give like examples of ideas that I've been having and like uh, sort of connections that I've not started establishing, but sort of like building the networks to establish. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's almost like reassurance in saying those things where people are like, Oh, that seems like so fitting for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, it feels good. Kind of like you with life coaching. Right. Um, yeah. I love that. Thanks. Um, I hope that if we reflect, reflect back into you, you're not like, yeah, I've been serving at Chili's. Um, (laughs) it's been great. (laughs) Just kidding. There's nothing wrong with working at Chili's. If that is your financial stability girl, go off, but Mm. let's not make that your goal. Okay. Um, for me, um, going forward with expansion, cause that's clearly a theme of my life. Um, I want to explore the idea of love and what that looks like within my life. Mm. Um, I feel like I, that's like the one area that I'm lacking. Um, because I think I, I know the answer to a lot of the things in my life and I know how to get to where I need to go. But with love, I always feel like I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also partly cause I block it out. And I think the unromantic side of me just seems like it's extra mm. um, or like un, un, not unpurposeful, but there's like, I don't value it as much as everything else that I have yeah. in my life. And I, I want to put more value in love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why I've been missing that key. Um, because now that I'm getting older, I feel like that's important to me. Yeah. And I don't know why I haven't put like... I don't know how to say it. I don't know why I haven't put importance on it, I guess. I know I just said that, but that's that that ultimately is it. Uh, clearly I'm st- stammering over it cuz I'm still on the journey of like finding it. But. Yeah. I think it I think for you that comes from like based on past relationships that you've talked about especially with your family mm-hmm. on this podcast. Um I think that you needed to find stability on your own two feet before you started relying at all on anybody else Mm -hmm. because relying on people not that you were like relying on your family but the idea that you could was sort of like stripped away from you Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day that's like the the core group of people that you should be able to rely Mm -hmm. on and so i think it was important for you to like not be in the position of being let down by people like that for sure yeah and i think i think what i'm realizing as i get older too is 
I, I feel like I, I get frustrated with love. And I think that's because the kind of people I attract is not the people I should be looking for love in. And I know that sounds crazy, but I feel like because I'm that stability in my own life and that anchor where I can figure things out, people, I usually attract energies who are a little bit more, a little bit more emotional or mm -hmm. a little bit more like, um, I don't want to say chaotic because I don't think these people are chaotic, but like you, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Like your, your emotions kind of more guide where you need to go. And I think that's yeah. why you might be attracted to a friendship like mine because I feel like you rely on me to be that anchor for you. Mm -hmm. And I look at my past relationships and it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Like Kyle, like I have to really get his life together and make every decision for him. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, slightly with my last relationship with Brendan, like he was really emotional and I kind of had to like cipher through that. And like even my friend Jen, she's like more emotional and I feel like with love, I keep finding myself frustrated because I think what I actually want is someone who's just as, um, I don't want to say strong because I don't see you guys as weak, yeah. but like, I guess just more, def not defiant either, but more, um, well, I think our person, you know yeah, I think our personality types know how to navigate decisions and situations. And like I was talking about earlier, I, you know, as I've gotten older, I've learned how to make those decisions for mm -hmm. myself, but there's still a part of us and our personalities that yearn for validations from the people that we trust in. Right. I think maybe I was misguided before and seeking validation anywhere I could find it. Now I know the people that like I can rely on to help like validate those decisions that I'm making. And you just don't need that validation. Mm -hmm. I think you like to say things out loud, but regardless of the answer or response that you <laughs> get, you're still going to do yeah. it. And I think like, I do the same. Like you could be like, well, I don't know that you should quit your job. I'm still going to quit. Yeah. But it would like help me make that decision. If I heard you say like, yeah, I think that might be a smart move. Right. You know what I mean? But I just think that we rely on that more than you do. Right. Yeah. I agree. And I, I also feel like the people that I'm looking for are probably in the same mindset as me of being like, I don't need a relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, how can you, how can two people who aren't looking to be in a relationship find each other to be in a relationship? Yeah. And that's the problem. But I'm also like, okay, I realize that I need to put off the energy or look in internally to say, I want to seem like I need help. Not, not in like a facade, but like in an, in it's almost like um, I was talking to another friend. I'm not going to say the name, but she was saying that she feels frustrated when a guy wants to open the door for her mm. or like that chivalry side. And she's yeah. like, I don't need that. That's like annoying to me. Like da 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 da. But I'm like, that. but I'm like, if, if that person was happy doing that for you and it really didn't take anything out of you, like I get that you don't like that, but you're in essence trying to make them happy. Mm -hmm. If that makes them happy, let them do that for you. Yeah. I'm I was saying this to her and I was like, "Wait, I need to do that too." Mm. You know? Yeah. Just be a little less like, "No, it's my way or the highway." And be like, "It's okay." Yeah. Um, but again, like navigating through that, I I think that was a big epiphany for me and now I need to step into that role of being like, "Okay, let's uncover other things that I unknowingly are doing mm -hmm. that might be pushing that side of my life out that I'm trying to get answers for." Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like step one for my future. Great. <laughs> um, the next two I'll, I'll pair up together. Um, <clears throat> a little bit of background in quitting my job. I still have travel benefits for the mm -hmm. next few years. And so once borders open again, I really want to take the time to travel. I feel like before in flying, not half of my trips, but like 
a lot of time being spent traveling, I was like so worried about getting back because we fly standby and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that stresses me out as a planner and as like a very like detail oriented person, knowing that I don't have this like certainty in getting back where I'm trying to go, like kind of stresses actually really stresses me out. Um, And I, I think that there's like, there's a difference in like working for a company that can see when you're traveling and that like, can know that you're trying to work your way back, but Mm -hmm. like you can't get back kind of thing where like you'll get in trouble versus planning with your company, like with a different company that like can't see your itinerary, so to speak and be like, Hey, I'm stuck. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. There's just this like difference in my mind. I don't know how to explain that, but um, all that to say, I just want to travel still (laughs) with this job. And that's sort of like the benefit of taking the out that I did. Yeah. Um, Traveling during pandemic. Perfect time. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I said when borders open. Side note, though, did you know? I think we talked about this, but like the American passport was like the number one most yeah. like capable passport, and now no one wants Americans Nobody. in their country because we're them. diseased. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. Um, and actually, I'll save the the next two. I'll pair the next two together. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, my next thing is um. I want to stay off social media a little bit more. Mm. Um, And that's not because I hate it or anything. Like, I don't really care. Like, I get the idea of social media and keeping up. And it's nice to see what people are doing. So that's where I struggle. But I find myself irritated with how people, like, portray themselves on social media, which in turn makes me judge who they are as people, which then in turn makes me feel like a certain way about my friendship towards them. Mm. When really, like, ultimately, I'm doing the same shit, right? Like, am I happy all the time? No. But if you look at my social media... I'm like posting photos of when I'm only happy, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Like most people do. No one's get, like the first thing you say when you're taking a picture is smile, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's like, it makes sense. But I guess this is just me being like the critical mind where I'm like, I feel like I get a real sense of a lot of the people in my life, right? And when I see that the pain that they're going through doesn't really represent what they portray on social media. It makes me irritated Hmm. because I feel like they're not living in reality. And then through that, I, I don't want to say judge them, but I feel a certain way about it where I, Mm -hmm. I, and it's not me being like, I don't want to be friends with them, but I get irritated, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, like Brandon had that conversation with me, our roommate about, uh, (laughs) his friends on social media. And he was like going through a story about how, this person was like portraying something about reading a book, blah, blah. blah. And he's like, I know he's not reading that book. Like he does not read, but because of the fact of social media and the clout that that would bring, it was like, let's do it. And then the whole thing with like black lives matter movement and all that stuff. Like, I feel like all these people that are posting about black lives matter. Great. But then I almost feel like they're doing it to stay on top of who they are as a personal figure or a public figure, right. Mm -hmm. To show that they care. But then you look through their Instagram and there's no sense of diversity within that. They don't have a certain, a single black friend. You, You, all their group pictures, are all white people blah blah blah. not saying that you can't do that but it just doesn't match up with what i think if you're gonna be about it to be about it do you know what i mean like if you look at my instagram you'll see i'm super diverse it is in every fabric of my life my view my perspective everything whether it's gay black asian like you'll see all those things within my viewpoint Mm -hmm. um and even like I, you it's, it's like even now saying that like it is frustrating to me and i i don't like having those internal um feelings because like it really doesn't it doesn't matter what i think about it so why am i caring but then because i do i'm like that's something i need to like later bed and so i think in the future i want to navigate how i want to see how i am on social media and i like got rid of facebook years ago and i never looked back and Mm -hmm. i think that's part of it like i don't ever feel like i need to be in people's lives Mm -hmm. um 
because you know a lot of people are like oh i want to follow them because i want to know what's going on but i never feel that way because i'm like if we're friends you'll reach out to me and if you haven't like if i haven't been on your radar in a while and you reach out that just gives us more of a reason to hang out and like Mm -hmm. catch up yeah um and like if you know my social media i like don't follow anyone (laughs) and it's not like a new thing like i've never followed anyone um, and I almost am like tempted to drop my social media to zero mm. and like literally not follow anyone. I don't think I've ever followed more than 50 people on my Instagram and I don't know why that is, but I'll like pop in obviously. Like if yeah. you're, if you're public and I see that you like something, I'm like, Oh, let me see what they're, what they're doing. But most cases I'll like actually reach out and be like, what's been going on? Like yeah. how's everything? Um, but yeah, I guess I like a more genuine approach to human interaction rather than mm-hmm. like a facade of what the world should see within our lives. And yeah, I don't know. All right. Which is why I also think that like I struggle with like dating apps because mm. I don't like that people are putting them best, their best selves forward. Like I want to see your worst self and yeah. decide if I want to be with that because that to me is the real side of it. And I love getting to that raw bit right. of being like, yeah, you're messy. I love that. <laughs> I love a messy bitch. <laughs> Dirty fingernails. What's up? Ew. You smell? What's up? Ew. <laughs> so what's your last thing for us? Um, well, I have like two more things to speak on. So the first... Um, is a combination of two with you kind of touched on both of them and uh, what you were talking about but with the whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement I've realized how much more I need to educate myself on history from different vantage points uh-huh. not just like oh, <laughs> he wants to Interesting. help you Siri wants to help you <laughs> um, I, I need to reflect more on how we've gotten to where we are through other people's perspectives mm-hmm. and not just on the history that's been taught to me or that's been like put placed in front of me. Um, and I've realized that through this and right. I know that I'm late to that party, but um, this was sort of like an awakening in that. And obviously that would require me to like read more and have more conversations and um, speak up when I don't know the answer to something. Mm-hmm. Um so educate myself is one of those things. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have one more? I do. Okay. Did you want me to go? Um, I think my last two are like pretty uh, easy. Same with mine. Okay. You go first. It's okay. okay. Um, so the last is get my life back into a routine because now I feel like this. The norm- fuck, bitch? You live based off of routines. I know, but what I'm saying is for the past two and a half years, I've lived in a routine of like pack my life to leave, leave. And there's like no real like normality in that. You're just like bouncing from state to state and city to sh- city. And I think that's one of the things that stressed me out about that job. Um, so then, but also in terms of like, cause in, with this job, like I've let go of a lot of like physical routine, like in terms of working out, I just sort of, uh, there are times where I'm like, oh, I'd rather sleep and I miss being like, get out of bed and go to the gym kind of thing. Um, but I just mean in that. And in terms of like finding a balance, cause I feel like recently, like I said, I've been eating more of like what I want, but learning how to balance like, okay, like on these nights I'll, I'll eat out. And you know, on the other nights I'll make sure that I'm like making healthier decisions even if i'm eating out it's not just like fried chicken sandwiches i feel like you should even go beyond that and let all that go why because i feel like that's what stresses you out i don't i feel like that's what gives me peace of mind but i also think that like your routine stresses you out because life isn't always going to go according to plan yeah so then when that deviates it like stresses you out and i get where you're saying like a routine 
creates that like sense of like control. But I think that's really what it is, is that sense of control, not necessarily the sense of routine. Like I feel like you still can have control over like what you eat and all that stuff. And I know that's just one subsect of what you're talking about. Yeah. But like you having that decision in this moment, oh, I should order a side salad and fries doesn't necessarily have to be in, in a routine phase, but just it's like I think that's what you battle with is control rather than routine. Yeah. And I feel like you putting yourself in a routine is what gives you that sense of like stress because you don't feel like you have control. Just like traveling, right? Like you said, there's no Mm -hmm. certainty. Certainty. Yeah. Yeah. But because you're trying to create certainty is why you feel stressed rather than being like, yeah, there's no certainty. Let me just like kind of like um, succumb to this situation or like, um, What's mm-hmm. the word? I, my words are so off today. Succumb? Not succumb, but... Um, There's no R. Sac- not sacrifice. Like, give up an offering. Come on. It's right there. Watch people are listening. They're, like, saying it in their car. Like, <laughs> this is the word you're trying to say. Um, mm, it's not there. Maybe I'll find it. Yeah. But... Fuck! It was right there. Shit. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of, like, give yourself to this moment and be like, it is what it is. Mm. Not sacrifice. Fuck. I don't know. But yeah, I, I feel like as a friend, routine isn't where you should go. I think you should just like, mm. I don't know. Maybe routine is where you should go, but also like not be so rigid on like control. Because I think that's where it goes hand in hand for you. Interesting. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I agree to disagree. So here we are. <laughs> um, My last thing, and uh, this is it for me. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of other things that I will work on because you know me, I love to find shit to do. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I want to be um, more sexually open and um, really tap into my inner hoe. Mm. Uh, I don't really know what that entails. But I am willing to explore those emotions. All right. Because I was having this conversation with Jakar the other day, and he was talking about, we were talking about something. um, And I feel like whatever we were talking about was making me uncomfortable. But when we were trying to unpack why I felt uncomfortable about it, I don't know. And I clearly, you guys, as you know, am a very open person. And I don't really give a shit about anything. I might have an opinion about it, but I don't care. There's no emotion attached to it. Um but for whatever reason, like sexually, I, I don't know why I, there's always that block for me. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is like I don't value sex as far as an interaction, but I know how much fun it could be. So I feel like I'm missing out on that fun. Um, but I want sex to be a part of that interaction because I do enjoy it when it happens. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, I think I put too much stress on how it should be. Um, kind of like the control thing, right? Like I, I feel like I value myself mm-hmm. too much so that I'm tying that up into if I let someone have a piece of me, they're taking away that value where it's almost like, it's almost like you have a crush on someone, but then once you get to know them, you're like, uh, it fades. I'm not, yeah, yeah, it fades. And maybe that's like internally, I'm thinking maybe I'm a fraud. Like I'm not as great as people might think I am or whatever, which is not true. Cause I think I'm amazing. <laughs> so I don't know where that hang up is, but there's, yeah. some, there's a disconnect there where I feel like. The person that I want to be doesn't always plan, pan out sexually. Mm. Um, and that's what's weird. And I don't think people have awkward interactions with me when it comes to sex. But I wish that I just was more open into doing it more often. Yeah. But again, like just like love, I think that whole area, because I think intimacy with sex and intimacy with relationships kind of ties into the same bubble. Mm-hmm. And it's it's obvious to me that one is lacking and the other is as well. Usually yeah. it's on the opposite ends, right? Usually people fuck up relationships but have a ton of sex in hopes to get that intimacy but i'm like i don't maybe that's what it is like i don't want to create intimacy and to me intimacy going deep in emotion and self-disclosure is the same as like 
going deep into my booty hole and I don't want people deep in my booty hole. Right. But I do want people deep in my booty hole. Like they want to be deep in my heart. So I'll just leave you with find someone who can reach your heart through your booty hole. (gasps) Goals. Wow. Goals. 2020 goals. so hot right now i feel like every time we record the ac was on no every time we record i just feel like talking works my body up and it just gets hot you get impassioned and enraged yeah what do you have for us this season season um so my end season was pretty simple um i bought this new like hydro flask type water bottle from adidas Mm -hmm. that i love um because it keeps my water cold because it's been hot recently but that expanded last night when I watched the second episode of Down to Earth with Zac Efron mm. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I, just as like a quick disclaimer, I really can't get into him. I wish he was not the host of this show. I like Zac Efron. I do not. Okay, you're the second person of, to say that. Why? I think he's very pompous. And I think that everything he does is so performative. And I think that comes... This is like all psychobabble. I don't know if this like if there's any reality to this. I think he was profiled as this like undercover gay celebrity for so long that everything he does now is performative in the way that he's trying to be that that generic like masculine type of like manly man Mm. and it just doesn't work for him i i think it feels very fake and inauthentic the way that we talked about nico tortorella sure um in the opposite vantage point um but with all that being said they the second episode uh, did you see was like a water mm-hmm. episode? They were in Paris. Yeah. And that's what really intrigued me was like how simple it was for, for Paris to just want to provide healthy water to their, I almost said their employees, to their citizens mm-hmm. um, and how accessible healthy water is to all people, not just people who can pay for mm-hmm. it. Um, and it, it, that sparked like a much bigger conversation within my mind of like, how wrong we have it here where we're still like chlorinating water. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, it was really, really interesting. And so it brought up this like long-term sustainable, um, like uh, health conscious, if you will, but, but more like water-based conversation. Yeah. I think yeah. that whole series is great when it comes to green, living green and going yeah. more green and efficient because it does bring out a lot of like digestible ways of like why we should change and yeah. why the change is out there already, but why we're not using it. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. It all exists. And if any country has access to anything we, we want, do most, we do. Yeah. It's just it, everything comes down to money for us. So if somebody's not profiting billions off of it, they don't want any part yeah. of it. Um, but on a side note, I do see what you're saying now about Zac Efron. I do feel like his sexuality is a little bit performative, but maybe I'm just blinded by his looks. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's handsome. He is. Yeah. Um, my end season this week for me is surfing. Mm. Um, being on the water on the paddleboard kind of like reminded me how much I actually like being out there in oh. the sun. And um, I bought a surfboard like a couple years ago. And I was really bad at it. <laughs> I said by the end of the summer, if like I can sell it. I'll give it away or not give it away, but sell it. And if I don't, that's a sign that I should keep it and keep trying. And the only problem is like with surfing, 
I don't want to go by myself because I don't know what I'm yeah. doing and I want someone to watch me to give me corrections. Right. Um, but Albert, our friend, was like, I go surfing by myself. I look like a fucking fool, but like, let's go. And that feels like such a perfect scenario as like to go because I don't feel like it's embarrassing. I feel like I don't know yeah. why I would feel embarrassed, but like it just. It, it, yeah. So I do you wa- still have it. I do. It's still in the garage. Yeah. I, still I didn't have even surfboard. notice. Yeah. I thought you got rid of it for nope, some reason. Still have my surfboard. Oh. So I'm going to start picking up surfing again because I've said that for years that I've been wanting to. And that's like, like me, I love board shit. Like I love snowboarding, skateboarding yeah. I picked up. Um, and now I want to do surfing so I can do snow, water, and street. Great. But that's um, my end season for the week. Where would you go? Huntington? Um, no, Huntington's a little bit too extra. Oh, Huntington. Okay. But Long Beach isn't enough. No, right? Steel Beach is good in the jetty okay. there. Um, the only thing is they have a lot of stingrays. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of dangerous. But um, when I <laughs> – I have a funny story and we'll end here. But when I went into – to try to go surfing in Huntington, if you guys don't know, Huntington Beach is surf city of the U.S. That's what it's like capitalized right. on. And that's where the U.S. Open is every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I went out there, took my surfboard, couldn't even paddle out because I was getting slammed. And – Literally couldn't even get out past the waves. Yeah. And as I'm walking back, a lifeguard runs up to me and was like, hey, can I speak to you? And I'm thinking he's going to give me pointers. And I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, maybe you should take some swimming lessons before <gasps> you head out. <laughs> Are you really that bad at swimming? Yes. <laughs> I'm not bad. Like, I'll survive. Like, I know how to swim, but I'm not efficient enough to, like, be successful at surfing. But granted, I didn't know how to read waves. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Right. I literally was just like... I guess ocean swimming is much different than like pool swimming. But not only that, like reading a wave on how to get past it when you should paddle out, all that. Like I was just like, oh, just do what everyone else is doing. I don't know. And I don't even know if I have the right board for myself. But here we are <laughs> going round two after six years. All right. Yeah. Well, good luck um, to you. <laughs> But that kind of wraps up our episode, you guys. <laughs> As always, thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked anything you heard during this episode or previous episodes, feel free to reach out to us. But if you want to give us the best gift, you can share, like, review, subscribe, rate, follow, all of the above. If you want to find us on Instagram, you can find us at (laughs) at Instagram. (laughs) Fruit Snacks Pod. And if you want to email us, you can email us at fruitsnackspod at gmail.com. And that goes for any question or anything. And we are still accepting dick pics on our Instagram. So if you want to show us your naked body, feel free to do so. Um, Was there anything else you wanted to add? (laughs) No, you summed it up perfectly. (laughs) Okay, well, on that note, we will catch you guys next week. And for now, toodles. Bye.